the Chinese year of the Eastern Bulldogs. Welcome to Talking Istanbul from me, Jorma Kirko, and him, Ray Mack. <laughs> We're sitting in our local juicer, where else? James Joyce, Istanbul, Taksim, and it's our latest dose of shit and giggles. And remember, you can also find... I think that's find... shits and giggles, not shit and giggles. <laughs> 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 yeah, bollocks. <laughs> I didn't. What did you guys say? I said shits and giggles. You said shits and giggles. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> There's a lot in that ass. There's a lot of it. You know, it's one of those days, Jimmy. I'm mm. not now in the greatest of form today, and you pissed me off last week, so leave me alone like a good lad. <laughs> Catch the last 12 months on our YouTube page and some of the Black Milk Chick episodes on Grow Radio UK every Wednesday. And Friday evenings. Yes, this week's show will make you feel more smooth and mellow than going for a coffee with Joanna Lumley. Morgan Friedman pops up with a poem about the peace process in Northern Ireland, of all things. Greg checks a well-known American celebrity into the hotel upstairs from us, just right here where we are now. And... Yeah, Greg is back with a vengeance and actually... At reception in the James Joyce Hotel. Mm. Wow. Wait for that one. That's coming up very, very shortly. We also discuss the pros and cons of going Dutch on a first date in Kiss and Tell. Plus, true or false, and post of the week, as always. Yes. Um, rather a strange poem we've got coming up from Morgan now, but if you're outside of the uh, UK or Ireland, you might you might not be sure of what's going on. But basically, uh, Northern Ireland has its own government after a fashion, and it has to be run by two sides of a divide at the same time. And one side threw its toys out of the pram, and the other side threw their toys out of the pram in retaliation. And this is, and they've not had any government for two years, and clearly this has been bothering Morgan quite a lot. So let's hear his unique perspective. Yeah, straight over to Morgan right now. As a young man in Mississippi during the era of segregation, I witnessed the civil rights movement's nonviolent resistance against racial injustice. Inspired by this, I followed similar movements in South Africa, Palestine, and Northern Ireland. Invited to speak in Belfast about my experiences, I've been a regular visitor since, witnessing the human tragedy of the Troubles and finding hope in the Good Friday Agreement. Despite recent government challenges, the appointment of Michelle O'Neill and Emma Little Pangalli as First Minister and Deputy First Minister brings optimism, emphasizing my commitment to peace and democracy, and I want to pay tribute to these two fine ladies. So, here is No More Bombs and Bullets by Morgan Friedman. 25 years since the end of the Troubles, but the last two years have been a struggle because Donaldson boycotted the institutions, but thankfully they managed to find a solution. The deal was made, its details are shady. Stormont now is run by two bright ladies. Michelle's politics are green, white, and gold. 
but uniting Ireland leaves Emma quite cold. Two women in charge, no more bomb and bullet. They're on TV tonight if the BBC doesn't pull it. My thoughts of politics start to wane. What strange bedfellows, the DUP and Sinn Féin. Michelle's a MILF, a blonde BBW. Emma's more svelte and drives BMWs. Picture them, nude in a bath full of jello. Morgan, please join us. What a lucky fellow. Two fine ladies, two bright ladies. <laughs> the MILF. <laughs> and Emma as well. Yeah. More, Morgan, free to join in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't quite expecting that bit at the end, actually, but he gets a bit sidetracked, doesn't he? It does. You know, <laughs> anyway, anyway, good on them. Let's see if they can uh, get it together in, uh, in uh, government. I mean, not, not a bath of jello. Um, yeah, all right. <laughs> Should we do true or false, Ray? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Okay, all right. I think you're going to like this one. Actually, it's only one today, Jimmy. Okay. I could do two, but uh, I couldn't be arsed. <laughs> Rick. Astley supported himself in the early 80s by working as a waiter in various clubs and bars. Um, When you said supported himself for a minute, I was thinking you meant that he was his his own support act. Um, In the 80s, let me think. Um, I actually used to uh, work in Newton the Willows where uh, Rick Astley's from and uh, for a brief while the uh, the one and only nightclub in um, Newton the Willows changed its name from Chasers to Astley's you know in his honour yeah um, I'm just trying to think I think he was about 18 or 19 when um, he had his first hit and you said what he was uh, working as a waitress in a cocktail bar did you say yeah, and I did say early. Well, that, that much very, is true. Very, very early. Oh, that much is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, gold, Jumpster, well, gold. If it was a cocktail bar, it certainly wouldn't have been in Newton the Willows. Um, not that kind of place at all, Raymond. Um, he wouldn't have been an adult for very long before he made it famous as a singer, would he? So, I mean, I suppose he could have been waiting at 16. Uh, actually, he was probably waiting for a while, waiting for a while <laughs> with a double meaning, uh, before he got his contract. So I reckon I'm going to go for that as being true. Good man. It's... Oh, that was what I was thinking. Straight into the traps. <laughs> Born in Lancashire, 1966. Uh, Rick Hopsinger, yeah, started his career as a tea boy. 
at the music production company Stock Aitken Waterman, which we actually had uh, a true or false question on that months and months ago last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I actually think somewhere in the back of my mind, I might have even have read that at some point about the the T boy thing. Ooh, He's still going, yeah. actually, isn't he? I think he did. He not play at some big gig like Glastonbury or something yeah, last he, year. He did. Yeah. He was. But, was he uh, not drumming? Glastonbury. Mm. I think he I might have been on drums. Yeah. Well, if I uh, may parlay over a, a wee minute, Jimster, uh, I'll fill the in. Yeah. Uh, before being recognized, that was the T-Boy thing, uh, mm. before his own musical talent. Ashley was a drummer in FBI, yeah? The name of the group was in FBI. The FBI. Yeah, but I'm not talking about that, <laughs> FBI. A drummer in FBI. That was All the name right. of the band. It was a, uh, a jangly guitar band in Lancashire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. After after he wrote a few tunes, uh, he became the singer of that group. Pete Waterman, the producer, saw him at a showcase in a working men's club in Warrington, Gemster, mm-hmm. and he heard his voice and he went on to say, hey, I can make a record with this kid. All right. So uh, was he already... Uh Employed as a T-boy at that point, or yeah, did he get the job after? It was, yeah, it kind of came in a little bit afterwards. He and the band Blossoms, good man, mm. Jimmy, knowing that, yeah, performed two concerts of covers uh, by the Smiths, who had disbanded mm-hmm. in the uh, 1980s. They performed again at the two, 2023 Glastonbury Festival, and they were a massive success, Jimmy. And the oh, okay. Glastonbury, actually, oddly enough. And fair play to Rick. Seriously, uh, good skills. Really, yeah. seriously, good well, skills. Uh, yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it, it's only, uh, you know, where he was playing that gig, it's only about five or six miles away from uh, where he's from. But, I mean, that's the thing you see, Ray. You show them Warrington, and it's just, after that, nothing's enough. You know, and, of yeah. course, he was going to be. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was never going to... Give yeah. anything up, up. Was he? No, <laughs> I'm just surprised it, though yeah. that he was doing that kind of music, and then he went uh, went along doing something as as cheesy as uh, Stockick and Waterman. Yeah, but when he was working, uh, when that first band he had, FBI, and nothing to do with the FBI that you were thinking about. Mm. Uh, that was a, a, a jangly guitar band. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he started writing his own songs. Okay, hence like he broke into it. He got noticed by Pete Waterman. Uh, from the uh, stables of Stock uh, Atkin Waterman. Uh, his number one hit, Never Gonna Give You Up, came the UK's biggest seller of 87, actually, and was a number one hit in 25 countries. He became an internet sensation, an internet marvel in 2007. An internet ninja. Yeah, exactly. When the uh, music video for Never Gonna Give You Up became essential to the Rick Rowling meme and his performance career was revitalized by the meme's popularity, Jimmy. A year it's such after a bizarre the, concept, that, isn't it? 
Yeah, but that really made it all big for him, yeah? And he was voted the best ever act by internet users at the MTV Music Awards 2008. Good skills, Rick. And actually, Jimmy, I I heard him at the Glastonbury Festival, and Jimmy, he's got an incredible voice. Well, he always did. He He always always did. did. I mean, any one of those songs that he did could have been given to, I don't know what, Banana Rama, Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan, or whoever. But his voice was actually really soulful. Yeah, hands on heart, Jimmy. When I heard that, actually, uh, back in the 80s on the radio, I mistook him as a black musician. Yeah, and I, also I, I know why took, uh, you might think that. Yeah, and I also mistook... Uh, Paolo Nettini. That's ninja. a similar kind of thing. Yeah, and the ninja, my ninja, uh, my ginger brother, the ginger. from Manchester. When I mm. heard him on radio first, I thought that was... A black soul Motown musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same, Jimmy? Yeah, that, that same kind of sound, definitely. But you, you sometimes get that. I think um, Rick Astley and I mentioned Paolo Nettini, and I'm trying to think of that other From fellow. From Scotland, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of that other fellow who did that song called Budapest. Um, God, I can't remember what he was called. But there. They're kids who somehow, you know, at the age of 16, 17, sound like they're a, a 50-year-old man who's been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think all of those all of those three did sound like that, in a good way, I mean. Is that his real name, Jimmy Paul? Sorry, let's not uh, bar Rick, bar Mick Hucknell from Manchester. Paulo Nutini, Scottish. Yeah, his parents are Italian. Scottish. His parents are Italian. Mm, great music. There's a lot of um, lot of Italian people emigrated to to Scotland, particularly around the Glasgow area, and uh, mm. many of them opened up uh, fish and chip shops of all things. Mm. I'm a big fan of the uh, Scottish uh, Scottish music. Seriously, simple simple minds, big country. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely loved. I loved the Blue Nile. Uh, there were so many bands. Deacon Blue. Oh God! I mean, the list is endless. Yeah, yeah. This George Ezra. That was the fella. Ah, okay. Do you know him, right? Who? George Ezra. George Ezra. Hand on heart. No. Uh, he was the guy who did that song called Budapest that I was talking about. It's a really great song. Maybe about 10 years old or something like that. And uh, let me see. I'm, I'm actually Googling it right now. Um, hmm. Budapest is a song by English singer-songwriter George Ezra from his debut studio album Wanted on Voyage 2014. So I wasn't far off with, uh, with, 10, hmm. with 10 years ago there. But he's just got this phenomenally rich voice, Ray. And anybody else, if you like, uh, if you like you men that, that, mm, with uh, that. very deep voices like Ray does, then uh, I don't know. Then George is your man. That you said that go, uh, you're on Wikipedia. That goes back what 10, 15, 20 years? Ten, ten years, apparently. Yeah, I'm he's uh, he plays. Uh, no. uh, oh, you'd you'd really like him, Ray. I think he's multi instrumentalist. In, in, no, he's not multi-instrumentalist. He's a multi-instrumentalist. Fair play. Good skills, Jim. Yeah. Now, you're, now you're sucking on the right hit. 
Tear away, pal. Her mother was a tear away, pal. Her mother was a dressmaker. <laughs> okay. All oh, right. Okay. Um, it's been a funny day today, you know. I share uh, a lift with this uh, this lovely lady um, who I'm when not. You came I'm in not, earlier on. Say it again. When you came into the Joyce earlier on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she gave me a lift home and she asked me, I'm not going to name her, but she does listen to the show. The reason I'm not going to name her is that she suggested we have a, what she called a, a road soda uh, on the way. Mm. And, um, and that involves going into, into a shop and buying cans of beer and drinking them while she drives, because I wasn't driving. But you are actually allowed to do that in Turkey almost. So um, that was an unusual start to, to the evening before I got down here. And then just before that, I met the good wife, who um, mm. has got me uh, quite a special present. And um, she saw me on holiday looking at... Looking at lots of Lego, and uh, I used to like Lego when I was a kid, and she knows I like art. So we've been together anniversary next week, just after Valentine's Day, and she got me this huge package, and it is an 1810-piece Lego jigsaw of the Japanese painting called the the Great Wave, and it's oh mm. God, it's heavy as lead, and um, it's one of those pieces, actually, Jimmy? 1810. But it's Lego oh. pieces, all the Lego pieces, but you're recreating the picture. Um, well. So it's been an unusually pleasant um, late afternoon, really, oh. which, which I really wasn't expecting. Anyway, enough of that. Um, as we mentioned at the start of the show, uh, Greg's got his old job back at the pub after his adventures. And, uh, of course, uh, due to the regular receptionist getting a cold, he's on reception checking in a guest who's won Golden Globes, Academy Awards, Tony Awards. He's faced allegations of sexual impropriety, and he's even been nominated for a Welsh BAFTA. Let's go over to reception and see who it is. Good day, sir. Welcome to the James Joyce. How can I be of assistance? Ah, uh, thank you. Uh, I've got a booking. I'm a friend of Ray Max. He may have mentioned me. The name's Kevin Spacey. That's a little irregular. I, I was partaking in Pakistani cuisine with Mr. Mac only last night, and he never mentioned anything. Forgive me for saying, but normally when Ray introduces me to his friends, they try to sell me pegs or tarmac me drive. You, you don't look like that kind of individual. I'm an actor and philanthropist. You may have heard of me. I run a charity for young men, and we've held a function here before, so... And your name is... My name's Greg. Gregory Aspinall. Miss, Mr. Spacey, I, I, I know you. I, I think I may have seen you on the television. That's right. You were in a film called America Beauty, playing the protagonist. Uh, uh, Mr. Lester Burnham. What did you think of the movie? Uh, I thought it beautifully crafted, but 25 years on... I found that while it captured the late 90s zeitgeist and being pristine in its cinematography and tone, I ultimately found that its soullessness and its over-manicured bland tastefulness got my dander up a little. Okay, it's not for everyone. You know you should be a film critic. I, I should be a general cleaner in the pub. Uh, that's what I should be. 
but Mr. Ersing keeps making me work on reception every time someone gets a sniffle. I, I don't mind, though. It adds a bit of glamour. Anyway, how long would he be staying with us, Mr. Kevin Space? I should be here for around a week. I'm performing four plays. Foreplay? Oh, no. It's not happening to me again, is it? I, I always get in trouble when I mix with the rich and famous. Foreplay's not foreplay. That is... Not unless you'd like to. No, I, I, I don't do things like that anymore. I, I'm going to call Mr. Ersin. I'm out of my comfort zone here. Look, don't worry about it. You won't even notice I'm here. Okay, Kevin Spacey. I, I can put you in our biggest room upstairs. That's very kind. Thank you. Now I have one or two requests. Normally my people phone these things through, but I'm here incognito, so could I ask you? Certainly, Kevin Spacey. Terrific. I'd love a portrait of James Joyce in my room. Do you have one? A portrait of James Joyce? Well, sir, we, we don't usually have those in the rooms, but I can certainly arrange for one in the common areas. Fair enough. Now about breakfast. I'd like a full English breakfast served in my room every morning. A full English breakfast? Indeed. Certainly, sir. Anything specific you'd like? Sausages. I don't want my sausages underdone. They must be firm and two eggs, poached and juicy. I'd like it brought to me with tulips. Tulips? Uh, can't I just carry it with me hands? Tulips. You know, the flowers. Phew, for a moment, I was thinking about Phil Mitchell. Now let me recap. Firm sausages, two juicy eggs, and two lips. I mean, tulips. That would be wonderful. Keep your eyes open for surprises, Greg. Life's full of them. Mm. Spacey back in the bowl. What a yeah. and, and a good fr And a good friend... A good friend of Ray Max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought Greg was a bit cheeky there, wasn't he, saying that your friends usually offer to sell him pegs or tarmac his tribes? Do you know something? <laughs> you big bunch of tramps. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, I seriously, good skills to our Greg, because he did not forget our first ever introduction, the old... Pakistani cuisine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Gregory, the film critic. Yes. <laughs> Foreplay. It hasn't happened to me again, has it? He wasn't exactly in his comfort zone, though. No, he wasn't. I think he might have got away with it this time, I think. But you can never tell with Greg, can you? Because every time he thinks he's... Um, He's got away with it. He does tend to get seduced by celebrities, doesn't he? But uh... <laughs> the best, the pivotal part of that for me was I was roaring buckled when Spacey requested a portrait of James Joyce in his bedroom. <laughs> a portrait of James Joyce in his Poor Gregory. The lad is terrorized. Yeah, I know. I know. But I think I think he did all right, you know, and uh, especially especially when he was faced with someone so famous that he actually nearly won a Welsh BAFTA. So, uh, well done, Greg. You, uh, you said that one quite nicely, I think. <laughs> oh, tulips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Ray. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for all your emails in the last week about dubious... I'm going to say that again. About dubious dating. 
Mm-hmm. We've had a few good old letters now, in all fairness, this week. But Yorma, good old Yorma, can only choose one. Are you taking a piss? Kiss and tell. That's right, we want you to spill the deets, pal, on your first date escapades. And we decide if it's in his kiss or just taking the piss. Ever had a date that left you wondering? Share it with us, we'll read it out on air and let's dive into the drama. So send an email to talkingistanbollocks at gmail.com and let's kiss and tell because every great story starts with a kiss. Are you taking the piss? Hannah in East Sussex, your letter was my all-out favourite this week, so thanks very much for that. Dear Ray and Yorma, I love the show. Thanks a lot, Hannah. Um, I have a rather bizarre and amusing story from a recent date that I thought might tickle your funny bone for your segment on peculiar dating experiences. I recently went on a date with a guy who was a friend of a friend. Nice change from the Tinder ones that we've been having of late. He took me to a Weatherspoons pub which perhaps wasn't the most romantic of venues, but he seemed nice enough and not creepy like some guys I've dated. He told me that the pub was his local and it was tremendous value. He ordered a steak and ale pie with a pint of IPA, and I went for the classic chicken tikka masala paired with a glass of wine. He insisted on paying, which I thought was rather nice, but then he made quite a big thing of asking for the receipt even though it was a meal deal special. He winked at me and said that the food was tax deductible. As the date unfolded, we discovered our interest didn't quite align, but we decided to keep in touch through text message anyway. So several days later, he suggests another meeting, another meetup in Weatherspoons, but I just wasn't really feeling a connection and didn't fully agree with his claim that he was good boyfriend material. So I tried to let him down gently. His response took an unexpected turn. He sent me his bank details and requested I transfer him £9.79. Apparently, he'd viewed the payment for our Weatherspoons Weatherspoons meal as some kind of guarantee of a second date and felt entitled to a full refund since I'd broken what he referred to as our agreement. I couldn't help but share the story with friends and we all had a good laugh about this unusual request and one of my friends suggested I write into you guys and see if you think he was taking the piss or not. He definitely did not get a kiss. And that's from Hannah in Hove in East Sussex. Well, thanks a lot for that, Hannah. What do we think about that one, Ray? Mm, Hannah, my heart goes out to you. But actually, Weatherspoons has been coming up a lot uh, among a couple of our friends. Yes. Now, I've never been, I've never, ever been to Weatherspoons uh, pub. You, Jimmy? Yeah, I've been to a lot of them. They're uh, cheap, extremely cheap. Extremely cheap. I think our friend Jonathan was telling us recently that he got three pints in central Dublin for €7.50. But is it watered down? No, 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 no. It's It's not watered down at all. Um, They sell, uh, I don't want to get into politics here, but they sell lots of different kinds of British beers and ciders. And they're a huge, pretty much every big town in the UK has one. And they're usually huge pubs, absolutely huge. The carpets are always really sticky. And your tables are numbered and... um, 
It's one of those places that when you order a meal, you need to go up to the counter to uh, to pay in advance. And um, they're brilliant for cheap drink, but they're kind of skanky, you know? Mm, and manky. Skanky and manky, yeah. Um, but they do they do a lovely meal deal, apparently, for nine, nine Yeah, the meal deal's special. <laughs> yeah. It's the... kind of... It's a, it's a real yeah. ale version of McDonald's, if you can imagine what I mean. Hmm. Yeah, well, there's none in, 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 in there's none in uh, Istanbul. There's none in uh, no, Turkey. They're all in England. Yeah. No, uh, they're, they're they're in Ireland now as well. Yeah, but not in uh, the west of Ireland. Oh, they might yeah, not be. Probably but Dublin, Dublin. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Let's get back. Um, the transfer of the nine pounds. Something seventy nine. <laughs> I, I love Sorry. that. I love that that he, he was very specific about that. He didn't even ask. I mean, it's bad enough asking, isn't it? But you know, yeah. you'd round it up to a tenner, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the steak and ale. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Gee, I mean, um, he like he's. I think he's tight-fisted, Jimmy. Oh, I think he most definitely is, isn't he? I mean, who the hell takes a girl on a first date to Weatherspoons anyway? Um, you know, that might be somewhere when you've been out a few times and you just want a, a lazy, slightly hungover Sunday afternoon. Where can we go for a quick pint and a scrambled egg on toast? It's not a bad place for it, but it's not a first date place as well. <laughs> And it's also one of those places that you can't hide what the cost is, yeah. because it's it's printed on your placemats as well when you get in what the special meal deals are. It's mm. it's it's low class, but I think pretty low class, wasn't it? Asking for the money back, lower than low, Jimmy. It is lower than the a lowest. snake's belly. Yeah, yeah. As is ordering a steak and ale pie, really, as well. But, <laughs> That's right, cheapskate. Yeah, a bit of a bollocks. Yeah. Have you ever uh, have you ever done that, Ray? I don't mean no, steak and no, ale pie, but I mean uh, you know, ever oh, ever. I wouldn't. I wouldn't refuse. No, I no. I would, Jimmy. No, I haven't. I, I hand on my heart, and I wouldn't. I well, prefer you, not to go on the anyway. Yeah, but it, Jimmy, even being married. Yeah, I still go out. I like to go to one a nice, classy restaurant, mm. nice meal, and a nice few scoops. Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. Really yeah. Matter how much it costs, you know. I mean, yeah, but uh, I, I was meaning more in terms of you know w when you met your wife. Did you yeah, ever uh, at any point no. consider buying a kebab and just assuming that it was a done deal? We dated for six or seven years. So right. I can say on hand on heart, no. Uh, I was always make sure I, w I had plenty of cash in my, in my hands. Yeah, you, you're my not understanding my question, right? I'm asking you if you would have considered at that point buying somebody a kebab and expecting that it was a guarantee of, uh, you know, a no. bit of how's your father? No, I, I, I went to, I, I, <laughs> to get the yeah, to get the old leg over. How's your father? Yeah, yeah. no, I. Uh, I was not, I'm not a cheapskate. I never was. I'm seriously hard on heart. Mm. Uh, and I wouldn't even need to be to get the leg over because I'm quite a charming guy anyway. <laughs> 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 Laugh if you must. 
I was picturing you trying to get your leg over one of your toilets that you've decorated in paper. Nestled uh, <laughs> into. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Hannah did a good job there, didn't she? Getting rid yeah, of him. And, uh, the good thing is, well done, Hannah. Oh, You're wait, able to, uh, yeah. to laugh about it. And I'm sure that this gentleman, she didn't give the name. Um, I get the feeling that he probably uh, does, does this quite often. Okay, uh, post of the week, Ray. Black milkshake, best post of the week. Emily Patterson, uh, Blackmore, Essex, England, Jimmy. Oh, that's a long name. Hello, Emily <laughs> Patterson, Blackmore, England. Can I just call you Miss England? <laughs> you can. That's Emily Patterson, Blackmore, Essex, in England. Hi, uh, Emily. Thanks for this. A father buys a lie detector robot that slaps people when they lie. He decides to test it out. At dinner one night, the father asks his son what he did that afternoon. The son says, I did some homework. The robot slaps the son. The son says, okay, okay, okay. I was at a friend's house watching movies. Dad asks, what movie did you watch? Son says, Toy Story. The robot slaps the shit out of the son. Son says, okay, okay, for feck's sake. We were watching porn. We were watching porn. Dad says, what? At your age, I didn't even know what the feck porn was, pal. The robot slaps the father, Jimster. Mom laughs, Jimmy literally roaring, buckled, and says, Well, well, he certainly is your son. The robot twirls with incredible speed and slaps <laughs> the mother. <laughs> Everybody at home, Shakers, is lying through their feckin' teeth. Nobody in the family can slap the robot. He hasn't got a screw loose, Jimmy. He's definitely <laughs> all there. <laughs> I bet the I bet the father wished he'd taken the mother to uh, to wear the spoons in the first place, didn't he? Just to uh, just to check out her class, oh, yeah. Father. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Uh, that's another wrap from Talking Istanbul. Uh, we'll be back next week talking of lie detectors with Ray taking part in his February psychiatology probe and. Ponzi quite possibly giving Valentine's horoscopes, plus all the usual. Please drop us a line for Kiss and Tell, our post of the week. Uh, either join Black Milkshake on Facebook or send us an email at talkingistanbullocks at gmail.com. Thanks, us. Thanks a whole lot, everybody, for your support. Yep. Talking Istanbulics is your show as much as ours, so do what you can. Send us those emails, keep them coming in. Tell your friends about us. Post this link on Facebook as soon as you finish listening, if you'd be so kind. Special thanks to Morgan Friedman, Tim Hallam, Mark E. and Eamon McAndrew. See you next week, Shakers. Good skills. Good skills.
Talking Istanbulaks comedy podcast was brought to you by Ray Mack and Yorma Kirko and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Talking Istanbulaks 2024.